Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Food for Thought with Billy and Jenny. Brought to you by The Box Center. For more than 15 years, this dining duo has been eating their way through New England. Mixing it up with top chefs, jumping behind the line of the hottest restaurants, and giving you the inside scoop on where to wine, dine, and spend your time. So get ready. It's Food for Thought, giving you something to chew on. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Food for Thought, brought to you by The Box Center. I'm Jenny, and I am thrilled to have today's guest back on our program She is regularly referred to as the modern-day face of natural medicine. Dr. Aviva Ron's a midwife, she's an herbalist, a Yale-trained MD, board-certified in family medicine with obstetrics. And for decades, she's been devoted to combining both traditional medicine with science. And she focuses on something that she calls our total health ecology. So she's working with her patients to identify the root causes of health conditions as opposed to quieting the symptoms in most cases. Dr. Aviva is considered one of the world's leaders in botanical medicine, and she's the author of eight sorrow, incredible uh, books on different areas of natural medicine. She's uh, also the author of the Integrative Medicine Curriculum for the Yale Internal Medicine and Pediatric Residencies. She sits on tons of different scientific advisory and editorial boards. And here's what she's been doing most recently. She's taken this breadth of knowledge, and she's made it available not only through her incredible books, but through online programs, through Facebook groups, and through professional programs that are all focused Um, in some cases, on educating the next generation of health providers, but they are all unbelievably wildly popular. And she does this with the goal of helping women take back their health. Uh, I want to point out her nonprofit organization, Dharma Moms, provides funding for midwifery education in high-risk obstetric but low-resource countries. She has an awesome podcast, A Natural MD, is what it's called, offers hundreds and hundreds of hours of really valuable information on a wide variety of topics. And she's here today because she has launched her eighth book, Hormone Intelligence, The Complete Guide to Calming Hormone Chaos and Restoring Your Body's Natural Blueprint for Well-Being. I had the chance to get my hands on an advanced copy, uh, and I can tell you it's laid out in the most approachable, educational, and empowering way and uh, is available for pre-order now and will be in store next week on June 8th. Okay, we got a lot to talk about today. So without further ado, Dr. Aviva Ram, welcome back to Food for Thought. Jenny, thank you for having me back. I always love talking with you. So great to connect. I just want to say I've had the pleasure of getting to know you personally a bit over the past couple of years as well as through listening to, you know, hours of you do your thing on on various platforms. And in both circumstances, you know, it really seems like in all you do, you somehow manage to talk about topics that are quite technical and uh, oftentimes for people very stressful with an, I don't know how to explain it, like a soft earnestness that makes everybody feel like they're 
with you. They're like literally with you in your home. They're with you on your level, which most of us are not. Uh, and it's, it's pretty incredible. So I'm really excited for our listeners today. And I, I want to start with a, a, a Genesis story so we can get to know you a little bit. I, I know a little bit about your history, but, but it, and it's not exactly what we consider uh, to be a typical one. So can you give us a brief overview of how Aviva became the face of natural medicine? Oh, my gosh. Well, it kind of goes back to being a kid. I've always been a bit of a geek about science and nature, and I've always loved writing and communicating and sharing information. So I was the kid who actually looked forward to and asked for the science reports. <laughs> like I wanted to write those. <laughs> So in some ways, I haven't really changed that much from my, my earliest childhood. But I um, took that love of science and my ability to communicate and managed to get myself out of the housing project I grew up in in New York to college when I was 15, thinking mm-hmm. I was going to do pre-med. But when I started in college, I also was in a very liberal New England environment and started learning about organic foods and herbal medicine and home birth and the history of medicine for women and also about some of the political aspects that shape how medicine is practiced for women, um, some of the industrial and agricultural challenges that even this was 40 years ago now, um, we knew were a problem before we were talking about global warming. And it really interested me. It it kind of struck my passion. It struck my idealism as a teenager. And there was no way to study this stuff in schools. There was no medical school that had an alternative medicine or integrated medicine track. You couldn't even really study naturopathic medicine then. So I left school. And clearly you're getting the theme that I'm a bit maverick and out of the box here and willing to pursue (laughs) my education in unusual settings. And I went really old school, and I found midwives and herbalists that I could actually apprentice with, and I started studying and everything I could, which meant digging up, like, old texts from libraries, going really back into history, because there were no herbal books at that time. There were no natural medicine books at that time. And so one thing led to another, and by the time I was 22... I was practicing as a home birth midwife. I had an herbal medicine practice. By the time I was 26, I was already under contract for my first book based on my experiences and was shortly after and then spent a decade as the president of the leading international organization for botanical medicine practitioners based here in the U.S., wrote more books, found myself teaching at medical conferences and public health conferences, and yet all of this stuff was still kind of fringe. And so I wanted to make it not fringe anymore so that the people who wanted to use it didn't feel like when they went into the conventional medical setting, they were looked at like they had three heads. But also a lot of doctors were starting to say, you know, Maybe there's another way than just drugs and surgery all the time. And then with four kids, I decided to bridge the gap and go back to school. I got my MD at Yale. I did my residency at Tufts in family medicine. And now I do all those things I was doing before and do it as an MD, seeing patients, writing, and teaching. Oh, God, such a rich, rich history. And now 
bringing it to the president. You've launched an incredible book. And we're going to talk about more of that in just a minute. You're listening to Food for Thought, brought to you by The Box Center. More with Dr. Aviva Ron. Aviva, as I mentioned in your intro, you've written a lot of different uh, books in different health areas, from thyroid function to botanical medicine, as you mentioned, books on natural pregnancy. So how and why did you decide hormones was the topic for this next book? Well, Jenny, you know, as everyone heard from my origin story, I've been doing this work for a long time. And over the past decade, there has clearly been a change in that more women than ever are seeking help with fertility. More women than ever have conditions like polycystic ovary syndrome and endometriosis. And it's not just that we're talking about them more. The rates are going up. I mean, we're even seeing girls going into puberty historically earlier than ever. And I just felt like it was really time to put my oar into that water and do everything I could to help turn the tide on this increasing epidemic of hormone problems that women are experiencing and often either too uncomfortable or ashamed to talk about them or our doctors are too uncomfortable to even ask or know how to help us if we say yes. So I really wanted to make a sea change in the conversation and give women the tools that are clearly increasingly needed right now. You know, when we think about our hormones, we tend to think of them like the enemy. Uh, And I want to read a quick blurb from your book that paints a very different picture. Hormones exist as the background music of your life. They do their work quietly without calling much attention to themselves. A host of individual notes working in harmony together to set the tone for how you feel, your energy levels, focus, and motivation, to name just a few ways that they subtly impact us. When they're at their optimal levels, your body works with a nice, even rhythm that keeps you humming along with no major interference with your life. No static on your physical, emotional, and mental channels. Think smooth jazz or R&B, a powerful, steady beat that you're always dancing to. It's such a beautiful way to consider this essential role in our health and a really helpful way to kind of change the conversation. And you talk about this hormone epidemic. So can you tell us sort of why are we here and, and what are these conditions telling us? Well, we're here because of the changes that happen have happened over the past 50 to 70 years in our environment. Our environment, you know, not to sound like the sky is falling, but our grandmothers and great-grandmothers were not exposed to the combination of the 80,000 environmental... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus chemicals from agriculture and industry that we're exposed to literally before we're born i mean studies have shown that by the time we're born now we have over 350 um environmental chemicals in our umbilical cords, and these have a role to play in how they affect our hormones. Our diets are different. The foods that we eat 
don't have the same nutrition as the foods our grandmothers ate. And this has been measured. Um, We Mm. know that our diet in terms of inflammation, the processed foods we eat can, can really wreak havoc on our hormones. And so there are a number of factors that have gotten us to where we are right now. And our hormones are like the canary in the coal mine. Our hormones are so exquisitely sensitive. We've all had the experience, most likely, where you've been under stress and maybe your period was late, or you've been under stress and you got a hormonal headache, or you you know you got an acne breakout. We know stress affects our hormones, um, but we often blame our hormones and say, "Oh, I'm hormonal, or it's just my hormones." And then often we do something, you know, we take the pill or something to get our hormones back on track without looking at what the messages really are. And the fact that they are so sensitive, they're usually giving us some indication of something that's going on in our own personal health or that we're getting exposed to through our diet or our environment. So I really want to reframe this conversation rather than blaming our hormones to actually listen to the messages they're telling us. And they actually give us very predictable messages throughout our menstrual cycles and throughout our life cycles. You know, you you also reference that oftentimes, in addition to sort of using, oh, I'm hormonal as sort of an excuse or a blanket statement, you also talk about genetics in the book and how certainly genetics can predispose us to certain conditions, but it's actually a really small percentage of the huge number of chronic conditions that we're seeing are actually coming from our genes, a very small percentage are. So can you talk a little bit about that and and more so why the role of hormones are, are playing into these conditions? Yeah, absolutely. So a really important study actually was published some years back in the New England Journal of Medicine where they actually stated, the researchers stated, that 85% of the chronic conditions that we're facing have nothing to do with genetics. They have to do with diet, exercise, and lifestyle. Those were the the key areas. And our hormones, because they are so sensitive, are one of the first indicators that we have that we're heading down one of those pathways that can ultimately lead to those bigger chronic diseases that we think of like diabetes or heart disease or dementia. And it may sound like, wait, what does my period have to do with that? What does polycystic ovary syndrome or PMS or endometriosis have to do with that? But we actually know that our menstrual cycles are a sixth vital sign for women, just like pulse, blood pressure, temperature, heart rate, and pain. When we're experiencing imbalances in our menstrual cycles, when we're experiencing very difficult menopausal symptoms when we're experiencing fertility challenges, these are telling us that these underlying factors, whether it's nutritional deficiencies or too much inflammation or imbalances in our blood sugar, all the things that can lead to those bigger, later chronic diseases show up in women really early on oftentimes, almost like a monthly report card that we can start to pay attention to. And again, it's because you know, if you think about a hormone, let's think about estrogen. The amount of estrogen in your body at any given time, you could compare it to taking one tiny drop of blue dye and dropping it into a full Olympic swimming pool. It's a tiny negligible amount. But the same can be said for how easy it is to disrupt our hormones. All you have to do is disrupt it a tiny bit, and it can have a big effect. 
Wow. I, I love how you lay out uh, the information uh, in your book, and you're obviously urging us, in addition to reading it, to pay closer attention to our bodies and our rhythms. Uh, and you mentioned uh, estrogen. So you walk us through a lot of the hormones, their symptoms, and then you actually give people the opportunity for a very simple self-assessment that can help one understand if they're out of bounds. So let's, let's stay with estrogen. You call it the queen bee. Um, can you explain the role of estrogen and then some of the potential symptoms that someone listening might see if there's too much or too little? Sure. So the reason I call estrogen the queen bee is because she is the hormone that kind of gives us our feminine shape. And she's kind of running the show in a lot of ways, although progesterone is really important, too. They're all really important because they all work together. But estrogen is what gives us that sort of curvaceous female shape, gives us hips, it gives us bosoms. Uh, It also makes our bodies ready each month for the potential to become pregnant, should that be something we want to do. And it influences so many aspects of our reproductive health from puberty all the way through menopause. And estrogen um, can become either too high or too low. Some of the common symptoms of estrogen being too high that so many women experience are heavy periods, menstrual migraines, breast tenderness or breast cysts before your period, mood swings, short menstrual cycle, so short time between one period and the next, bloating and water retention, and also you can have things that are a little bit more concerning like um, uterine fibroids. It can be a trigger for endometriosis. It can also be a trigger for more complex and, and serious conditions like something called endometrial hyperplasia where the uterine lining gets too thick and can lead to endometrial cancer. And also, we've all heard of estrogen, most likely, as a contributor to breast cancer. So those are pretty significant, you know, things that can make us uncomfortable every month or cause bigger problems in our life. Low estrogen is much more common if we are underweight, if we've struggled with anorexia, but it's also common in women who are in perimenopause and menopause. And some of the symptoms we see there are headaches, depression, hot flashes, night sweats, irritability, brain fog, and um, if it's more significant, we can also experience something called osteopenia or osteoporosis, which is bone loss. So many different things to consider with this one hormone. Uh, We're going to take a break. Also talk about the way you lay out the assessment for some of the chronic conditions. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back. We're talking with Dr. Aviva Ram about her brand-new book, Hormone Intelligence. You're listening to Food for Thought, brought to you by The Box Center. Dr. Aviva, you wrote an article uh, for a magazine recently saying 10 things I wish all women knew about our body's health and hormones. And you're basically outlining a lot of misconceptions that have a lot of us living pretty misinformed. I want to talk about one of them in this quick, short break. How about uh, taking the pill is no big deal? Yeah, so the pill is given out for so many things women experience, and actually 60% of women who are taking the pill are not taking it for birth control. We're taking it for hormone problems. And the main thing is that when it comes to the pill, the truth is that we haven't gotten the whole story. It's prescribed as if it's no big deal. Four out of five women have been on the pill at some time in their lives, and many are on it for 10 or more years. But it comes with a long list of side effects, mild to severe, that we should be aware about when we're making a decision whether to use it. 
depression, flares or new onset of autoimmune conditions, blood clots, heart attacks, and strokes are the most serious. But even low-level mood changes can really have an impact on your life, and in the least, it can actually deplete numerous nutrients that are really important for our daily sense of well-being and for our health, like vitamin B, um, vitamin B6, vitamin B12, vitamin C, vitamin E, vitamin D, magnesium, um, zinc. So it's really important if, that you actually take a multivitamin and vitamin D when you're on the pill, which is something your doctor will never tell you about because they don't, we don't learn that in medical school, but really important. So again, not against the pill, just want women to be informed about it, recognize if they're starting to have symptoms like depression or a flare in an autoimmune condition, that might not be the best option for them. And of course, in my book, I give lots of other alternatives. So it's interesting because so many of us just say, okay, no big deal, we're going to take the pill. When in fact, this and a number of other things that we take, we should sort of consider the role that they have. And, 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 it, and it's great to know that there are other things that we can take um, if we are struggling with some hormonal imbalance. And those are some of the things that I know you point out. But I love this list that you did for this magazine and some of the other ones that you include as misconceptions. Period pain is normal. Supplements and herbs don't really work. Carbs are bad for our health. Um, You know, if you don't get pregnant in six months, you need fertility treatments. These are some of the ones that are on this list, and you can find it, um, you know, if you Google Aviva Ram and 10 things I wish I knew about our bodies. But more so, you can find all of this information and 10 million times more in your book, Hormone Intelligence. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with Dr. Abiba Ram. You're listening to Food for Thought, brought to you by the Box Center. So, Dr. Abiba, we talked about estrogen and how you outline it and others' uh, hormones in your book. And then there's a section. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Where you outline what the symptoms are saying, and then you go into a detail of a number of different common conditions so I want to I want to sort of pick one and and sort of have you walk us through how one would learn about and then sort of experience um, and consider some of these conditions. So let's talk about uh, endometriosis. Uh, I guess what you call is one of the most common hormone conditions. I couldn't believe this when you said that it sometimes takes an average of ten doctors' visits to diagnose, which to me seems like an absolute atrocity. So and uh, nine years. Nine years oh. on average. Can you believe that? Of, woman go, of a woman going oh. from doctor to doctor reporting symptoms and doctors just not recognizing it. 
I can't even imagine. Can, can, but can you walk us through, for those who aren't familiar, what is endometriosis? Let's talk about the symptoms, and then you can bring us through uh, your self-assessment. Absolutely. So endometriosis, which a lot of people just call endo if they have it, is when tissue that normally lines the inside of the uterus grows outside of the tissue, but it's not just the same as that tissue. It's actually a little bit abnormal in that the way the immune system and hormones are picked up by that tissue is really different. But just like when you have your period every month and you have menstrual bleeding, that tissue, when it's in other parts of the body, most commonly the abdomen, so it can sit on your intestines, on your bladder, on your ovaries, it bleeds. And when it bleeds, it causes irritation in the surrounding tissue. Eventually, this causes the formation of scar tissue and something called adhesions between the abdominal organs, and that can cause a whole host of symptoms, including abdominal pain, constipation, urinary pain, pain with sex, which can really affect relationships, and fertility problems. And it's typically classified into four stages corresponding to the extent and the spread of the lesions. Um, You know, Jenny, it's actually really common in that it's now thought to affect one in 10 women. So, you know, the fact that doctors aren't recognizing it and it's taking these delays and that many doctors is really shocking. So that's why I provide this endometriosis self-assessment in the book. So if a woman is experiencing the symptoms that I'm about to share, especially if she's experiencing multiple ones of these, it's important to kind of think, hmm, is this what's actually causing it? Could I have this condition? Now, period pain and chronic pelvic pain are the absolutely most common. And those are found in a 20 to 90% of women who are eventually diagnosed with um, endometriosis. A definitive diagnosis, you know, saying, yes, you absolutely have this, does require a biopsy sample to be obtained by laparoscopic surgery. But if you have presumptive symptoms, it's not essential to get that formal medical diagnosis unless you're going to pursue surgical treatment. And it can be asymptomatic. Sometimes it doesn't show up until a woman tries to get pregnant and has trouble getting pregnant. But again, like I said, 20 to 90% of women who eventually are diagnosed did have some pretty significant um, period pain and pelvic pain. So here are the symptoms to, to look out for. I'm going to kind of just read them from my book in a little bit rapid fire. Heavy periods, yeah. significant lower back pain with periods, cramping between periods, heavy clotting with your periods, nausea, vomiting, or abdominal pain, especially around your period, abdominal cramping accompanied by diarrhea or constipation, pain with bowel movements or urination, and none of that has, this doesn't have to be around your period, painful sex, particularly with penetration, pain that gets, pelvic pain that gets worse after sex or a pelvic exam, Uh, low back pain or pain in the back of your legs, that is typically worse around your period, depression, Mm -hmm. fatigue, difficulty getting pregnant, ovulation pain, pelvic burning and aching that could happen any time of your cycle, bleeding after bowel movements or intercourse, pain that's called referred pain, so it may be pain in your shoulder blades or your collarbone, bloating or swollen abdomen, irritable bowel syndrome, increased urinary frequency, urgency, or pain when you urinate. And here are some interesting ones, allergies, asthma, migraines, or an autoimmune condition like thyroid disease, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, psoriasis, or multiple sclerosis. Those are all more common in women with endo, fibromyalgia, 
and then just feeling generally fatigued and unwell. So those are, you know, a lot. There's a yeah. Yeah, and you can see the symptoms outlined here, and it gives you such an easy way to sort of assess, uh, and then you get to understand the basics, you write why it matters, and then sort of the different things to do um, once you sort of figure this out. I, I do want to talk about endocrine disruptors while we have time in this break. What are some of the things that they're doing to our bodies, and how do we avoid them? So endocrine disruptors are environmental chemicals that mimic our hormones, and they do that in one of several ways. They either actually copycat what our hormones are doing, but they're doing it in double time because now we've got our hormones plus these extra hormone things that are acting like hormones. So they may cause too much estrogen, for example, and lead to all the same symptoms of too much estrogen. They may block our hormones. So there are certain environmental chemicals that block our thyroid function and keep our thyroid from doing its job. Um, so they can really have a huge impact on our menstrual cycles, on our fertility. They've been shown to cause problems like endometriosis and uterine fibroids. And uterine fibroids are no insignificant thing. Uh, 30% of all women over 60 will have a hysterectomy in her life. And they start in our 20s and our 30s and 40s because of these endocrine disruptors. We're going to take a quick break, but I want to talk when we come back a little bit about how we can avoid them and what things we can do to protect if we're, if we're struggling with some of these side effects. We're going to take a break with Food for Thought. We're with Dr. Aviva Ram. We'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to Food for Thought, brought to you by The Box Center. Endocrine disruptors, a big topic right now. So Aviva, what do we do to avoid them? You know, Jenny, I would say the three biggest things that we could do to avoid them, and this one is going to sound so simple, but it's actually stop drinking out of plastic water bottles, plastic cups, and stop storing our food in plastic containers. Just take the plastic out because that is one of the biggest sources of endocrine disruptors, and we can measure in our blood the changes when we go to having those plastics around our food to when we don't, or our water and when we don't. The next thing I would say is change up your household cleaners. Go back to old-fashioned things like vinegar or get organic natural household cleaners. It's a pay-now, pay-later situation. So you may look at the price tag and go, ooh, that seems a little expensive. Get the really concentrated ones. Make them last. But really what we're breathing in in our homes, what we're putting on our surfaces makes a difference. And then the third thing is anything that you're putting all over your body. So your body lotion, your soap, your foundation, your shampoo, go clean and green with those because we do absorb these things through our skin. And then, of course, organics. I mean, as much as you can go organic with your food. I know it sounds so hippie, but it's actually, from a medical scientific perspective, such an important thing we can do for ourselves and for our children. And you often reference that folks can't do everything organic, check out the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. Uh, you know, there's a great section in your book. It's the, the nourishing chapter. And, and that you start off the chapter by saying, every cell in your body involved in a hormone balance is guided by a genetic code that relies on the information provided by the right foods. I love this statement. It's such a, it feels like such a big statement to me. So in other words, we really are what we eat. But I think one of the problems today is people are confused. Like they're confused about what to eat. There's been so many fad diets. There's been so much elimination out there in the past decade. So what is your approach to fueling uh, through food? And, and, and what do you think are some of the biggest culprits? I like to lean into the Mediterranean diet, which is kind of a, a way of saying eat fish 
eat poultry, eat eggs, eat lots and lots of vegetables, you know, eight to ten servings a day, fruits and vegetables, nuts, seeds, whole grains, good quality fats like olive oil and avocados, and legumes, so your lentils, your chickpeas, keep red meat to a minimum, get rid of all processed food and most sugar, and keep it simple. Um, you know, keep it really simple. Keep it healthy. Make sure all your foods are whole foods, meaning you don't have to look on the ingredients label because there's basically not too many ingredients. You know, you're eating the, <laughs> you're eating the chicken, you're eating the fish, you're eating the egg, you're eating the apple, you're eating the orange. You don't need a label for those. But even things that come in cans and jars or packages, make sure it's just a few things that are really simple and as close to nature as possible. And then, you know, the reality is, is that we're all so busy. So many women I work with end up skipping a meal here or there. If they have kids, they're eating what I call the toddler diet. You know, they're munching on the chicken nugget here and the the bite of yogurt there, but not really having a meal. And we know that most Americans are not actually getting the even near the volume of fruits and vegetables we need. So work on that, of course. But I think taking a multivitamin, and I'm not a huge vitamin supplement pusher. It's not my thing. But a multivitamin is a nice insurance um, policy, if you will, to kind of bridge the gap between what we really need for optimal health and what we're actually getting in most of our diets. And rightfully so, there's a big chunk uh, in your book devoted to what you call the uh, gut hormone connection. So can you give us an, an overview of what you're suggesting here? So the research coming out on the microbiome for a science geek kid like me I'm telling you, it's mind-blowing. And we know now that the gut, and specifically our microbiome, influences our moods, our cognitive function, how we're thinking, our energy levels, how we break down the nutrients in our diet, uh, our insulin levels, our inflammation levels, and, not surprisingly, our hormones. We even have a whole department in our microbiome dedicated to metabolizing, breaking down estrogen. The problem is that we're not getting near enough of the fiber and the types of foods that we need in our diet every day to feed a healthy microbiome. So we want to get a lot of fiber from those fruits and vegetables that I was talking about, those healthy fats, that olive oil, that avocado. They feed your healthy gut. All those processed foods, I'm just not against them because for the sake of it, they actually damage the microbiome. And we can support a healthy microbiome simply by supporting a healthy diet. We don't really have to do anything super fancy. You don't even have to honestly take a probiotic. You can just add this fiber, add these fruits and vegetables, and you can actually shift your hormones just by doing that. That's incredible. You you reference supplements that you don't push a lot of them, but certainly as a society, we're seeing that people are taking many of them. Um, you do reference in there that all supplements are not created equal. Um, so how do you go about choosing? What are the things that we should focus on if we feel like we need something in addition to the multivitamin that you mentioned? So most women from what we know from studies, are low in a lot of the micronutrients that you find in those multis, which is why those themselves are just so beneficial. But we're also typically low in vitamin D. So I usually recommend women taking 2,000 units of vitamin D a day. And those are safe if you're pregnant or breastfeeding also. 
Most women benefit from magnesium. A lot of us are struggling with anxiety, sleep problems, constipation. Magnesium can help with that. So 500 milligrams a day in combination with what's in the multivitamin. And a fish oil, because a lot of us are not getting that anti-inflammatory protection from our diet. So a fish oil can be really phenomenal to add to your diet. And those are really the core nutrients. As far as nutrient quality goes, um, all, all vitamin and mineral supplements are not created equal. But if you lean into the bigger companies or the types of brands that they sell at, say, the bigger um, natural food stores, you're usually in good shape. I will say you have to be careful ordering your supplements off of Amazon because even Amazon themselves have, have written articles about how some of their supplements are counterfeit. So in my practice and in, in my online world, I give a link to the place that I get my family supplements and folks can go over to my website and learn about that. Um, but again, those, those big box natural food stores and the bigger, even the big box pharmacies um, often have decent quality. I also want to point out in, in, in the book, there are incredible recipes. There are herbs to favor. You know, you're, you're, you're very detailed in, in your outline of all of this section. Uh, I want to talk about resetting the body clock a little bit and how that will help sync your hormones. There's a big chapter dedicated to that. Why is that important and, and what does it help with? You know, every study on sleep and particularly sleep for women shows that when we're not sleeping well, and I'm talking we could even be missing an hour of sleep a night from the necessary seven to nine hours of sleep. So you could be getting six hours of sleep one or two nights a week, and it can be having an effect on your cognitive function, your mood, your caffeine and sugar and alcohol cravings, your hormone balance. But also, I mean, just to go for the vanity of it, women who are not getting enough sleep on average weigh five pounds more just from the stress and cortisol elevation that happens when we're not sleeping. So sleep is probably the most important thing that affects, it, it affects our food choices, right? When we're fatigued, we go for the coffee and the, and the muffin and the donut and the sugar because that's where we're getting that fast energy. So if you're struggling with your weight, if you're struggling with inflammation, if you're struggling with your hormones, with mood, if you have brain fog, the first place to always look is how do I improve my sleep? And of course, Sometimes it's easier said than done. So in the book, I provide breathing exercises, meditations, tips to reduce anxiety and stress, and, of course, the best herbs and supplements that you can use to reset that body clock, which means getting your sleep and your wake cycle back on track. Tell, tell me about a couple of those herbs that you suggest as it relates to sleep. Well, there's one called ashwagandha, which... You know, 20 years ago, people would have said, what? A lot of people have heard of it now. And it's a wonderful herb. It's called an adaptogen. And it actually is working to help reset that stress hormone cortisol while helping you to relax. It also is really nice for musculoskeletal relaxation if you have a lot of muscle tension and also if you have mm. joint pain. So it's a really nice one. Another one that I love is called passion flower. You can mm. take it as a capsule or a liquid extract. And it's a beautiful remedy for helping you fall asleep, but also if you're someone who wakes up during the night going back to sleep. And one tip I have, if all women take away from this entire talk is alcohol is probably, and I'm not a teetotaler, but alcohol is probably the worst thing you can do for your sleep, your hormones, your body clock, your gut, your weight. It really makes a difference to experiment with just taking all of it out for a few months and see how you feel. 
great things to consider. We're going to take a break and be back with Dr. Aviva Ram. You're listening to Food for Thought, brought to you by The Box Center. Well, this has been a great hour. Uh, Dr. Aviva, it's been so wonderful to talk to you. We could spend many, many, many more hours talking about all the incredible content that is in your new book, Hormone Intelligence, that I urge everyone listening to get a copy of. The Complete Guide to Calming Hormone Chaos and Restoring Your Body's Natural Blueprint for Well-Being. You've really given us a nice chunk to take away from today. We talked a lot about, about food and how nourishing your body in the right way is so important. But I think oftentimes people are just sort of standing in their kitchen and don't know what to do. And you've helped them with that in this book as well. Yeah, you know, my husband, he's such a wonderful partner, and he'll always say, I'll make dinner, babe. What should I make? And I laugh, and I'm, that's the hard part, figuring out what to make. So I wanted to make this book as easy as possible for the reader, and I give five weeks of meal plans and also all the recipes that go with them. And so there's a vegan meal plan. There are general meal plans, and they are delicious recipes, I can say, from my own kitchen. They are so delicious. I mean, I'm looking at them right now, and they're extensive, but they're not – I mean, oftentimes we buy cookbooks and feel overwhelmed by them, and they kind of just sit on our counter somewhere. These are not. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about No, they are extensive, and I give a lot of them, but there's also one meal plan that's just the quick and easy. So, you know, if all you do is, re, you know, rehash the quick and easy over the weeks that you're doing the plan, that's, those are like the super fast recipes that are still just as effective for your health. I want to talk about an upcoming event that you have and also how folks listening can uh, get free attendance with the purchase of the book. Yes, um, uh, we are doing an event. It is also recorded, so anyone who gets the book through July will get the replay through July. And it's so exciting. Ricky Lake, the well-known talk show host, has intervie- is interviewing me about my book. And then I have an additional 10 or 12 guests who are all specialists in women's health and hormones talking about everything from healthier menstrual cycles to a new way of thinking of menopause, our gut, our immune system, and so much more. And all you have to do to get a ticket is buy my book. You can get the book anywhere you love buying books. And then head over to avivaram.com forward slash book, just the word book, and you'll follow the page and you'll see where you can enter your proof of purchase. You'll be in my email list. And anytime you get that book through July, you'll be able to access that. I urge everybody to go to your website because it's a place that you want to get lost in and also urge everybody to sign up for your mailing list. I mean, even this morning, I got an incredible plethora of information. Um, We're going to have you back when we talk about some of the work that you're doing with mamas coming up. Um, but, But briefly, what's the best way for people you feel like to stay connected with you and all that you have going on? Yeah, so if you go to that book page that I just mentioned, you're in my website. And once you access that ticket, you'll automatically get my email. So that's a wonderful way. The other thing is if you're on Instagram, come hang out with me over at dr.avivaram. And if you're on Facebook, avivarammd. Those are places that I, I love connecting with my, my audience. You do. You really do. And that is so true. And all that you do is that the connection is so important. We have just about a minute left. And I'd love to know, you've done the book process so many different times. What's been most rewarding to you uh, with the launch of this book? Oh, it has been the women who have said, I feel like I have been waiting for this for two decades, three decades. I want this for my daughter. I want this for my mother. Um, One woman said it's the exhale we've all been waiting for. And so, you know, when you put something out there or, you know, Jenny, your comment, that comment that you feel like I'm there talking with you in the writing of the book, that's how I think about it when I write. I think about that woman in front of me who's not sure what's normal, not sure what's not normal. She's anxious. She's looking for information. 
not sure what to trust. And so when I hear that reflected back that I've achieved that, it just makes me feel so good. Well, it comes across so clearly. Uh, Dr. Viva Ram, it's been such a pleasure. Hormone Intelligence is your book. Go get it wherever you get your books. And thank you so much for joining us today. Jenny, thank you so much for having me. And thank you, everyone, for listening. All right. And we'll be back next week with Food for Thought. Now it's time for 60 Minutes. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.